0: Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy.
1: Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Today we've got a two-part podcast that it's going to be just some great conversations. You're going to want to tune in for both of these and really it's all about communication. Good, effective, clear communication and around critical conversations that really need to be had. The first podcast is going to be conversations with family. The second conversation is going to be about business, conversations to have within your business and also with family about your business. Jeff, we know that communication is incredibly important. I'm assuming that's why we're covering these topics in these two podcasts.
2: Yeah. You know, they're both, they're both important and they're, they're different. There's nothing quite as uncomfortable as talking with or about money with family members, Mm -hmm. but there are certain conversations that are just very important. They're, They're almost unavoidable that we need to have with our spouses that we need to have in, you know, raising and teaching kids and also with our parents and their plans for the future and, and what that looks like. So the better we can open up communication channels and have the important conversations that needs to to happen within family members and the people that we care about, the better decisions we make, the better prepared we can be for the future and address those issues mm-hmm. that before they arise. Can, can I tell you something personal here? <laughs> this is this is perfect
1: timing. The housing market is crazy. My wife and I are considering uh, selling this home. We have a second home uh, that we've been working on, but selling the home we live in uh, to move into the other home because it would basically allow us to be completely debt-free, everything paid off, which would be great. But my wife does not negotiate. She does not like to barter when we go to you know different things where you can kind of barter prices. She won't do it. She hates it. And her number to sell this house is lower than mine. And that was a pretty, and this was yesterday, guys. We, we had this conversation yesterday, and that was a tough conversation because I, I'm sticking to my guns going, no, this is worth more than what you're putting it at. And we both kind of got a little bit heated, uh, honestly, with our own opinion. And we we're only twenty or $25,000 apart from each other, but that's a big deal to me. So I need this podcast. <laughs> so I'm ready. So, uh, so let's start with spouse. Can you help me out here, guys?
3: Well, one thing I would add there is, you know, if you always ask, why do you feel that way? And let mm-hmm. them really elaborate. Sometimes yeah. we we assume that we're hearing what's being said. One thing I learned years ago as professionals, what we say isn't always heard the way it was intended. And more importantly, what we hear isn't what's being said. Yeah. So really having them elaborate why they feel the way they do, I think will, and then feed it back, you know, not only that you're hearing it, but actually feed it, what you feed feedback, what you're hearing, mm-hmm. I think it's going to enhance communications. I know that, that I, that's what happens when I you know, talk to my daughter, every time I uh, speak to her or speak to my wife, you know, if you don't mind repeating it back, what did you hear me say? And sometimes they didn't hear exactly what you said and you can correct it at that time and eliminate the assumptions.
1: Mm-hmm. So Jeff, what would you suggest we do when it, when it comes to talking to our spouse? What questions do we need to be asking?
2: Well, first, let me just say it's not easy because yeah. anything with spouses is usually there's an emotional aspect to mm-hmm. it. You know, so and and most unfortunately, the one of the biggest reasons couples struggle and divorce is over finances. Uh, Most of the time, you have one's often a spender, one's often a saver. But the more you can compromise, the more you can work together, the easier some of these decisions are made. So, you know, whether we, we all handle things different, but. You know, whether it's monthly, quarterly, every so often, I think the biggest question that we should have to each other, the the most important conversation is every now and then to say, hey, where does all of our money go? Mm. Or, hey, let's get together. Let's sit down. Let's take a look at everything. And let's just make sure that we have, one, just a good bearing of what comes in and where does everything go? Yeah.
1: And I think handling that question right there is a tough one because if one person is is kind of in charge of the budget, that can be very, that can seem very adversarial. Like where the heck does all our money go? And the person who's handling the budget is like to the bills, <laughs> to the things, to the tools that you put in the garage. Or in my case, I can say, well, I know where it goes. It goes to the grandbabies because that's, <laughs> that's, that's how we're living right now. So I, I think approaching it, Jose, like you said, kind of with kit gloves and understanding and, and good listening skills is going to be the way to go.
3: Well, and you know, the thing is we love to start off by, you know, money is just a tool to do the things we want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And so the, really the first question is what's important about money to you personally. And uh, you'll get all different answers. You, you know, you'll get security, independence, freedom. You know, I want to make sure I have a good emergency fund. What, you know, whatever the case may be, it's usually different between the husband and a wife, but sometimes they don't really ask the question to each other. So what's, really fun about the process is uh, as we go through and find out what the big picture is on both sides, a lot of times we get, man, I didn't know you knew that. Mm. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. And so getting everybody on the same page and if you got a game plan that's important to both sides, I think, the, and everybody feels heard and understood, they're more, act, more apt to be inspired to take action instead of needs-based action. And one thing that I've learned and I'm still learning today is that words and symbols are interpretive based on life experiences. So, even if you hear the word "security," that means different things to different people. So, I think elaborating and getting deep and peeling back the onion about what you really want and feeding it back and really
2: understanding it. People like to be heard and understood, and I think that enhances communication. Let me comment on uh, you know what Jose said. I think you know that is a good first step, making sure that the things that you want out of life are aligned that you understand the things are important to each other because at the end of the day it's not it's not the money that's important it's the reality of the impact that money has the role that it plays you know, on the things that are most important to us. So every so often understanding where the money goes. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get real surprised that we've spent hundreds of dollars on Netflix, Amazon Prime, <laughs> right. Disney yeah. Plus, cable, and and sometimes we get surprised mm-hmm. when we when we do take a look in, and see where everything is.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So Eric, back to your question. The other conversations uh, that we need to have is is, do we need to change who does what? Do I need to take Care of some of the bills? Should I pay Mm. certain things? Should you pay certain things? Do we have a good system to where everything goes and how we track it and monitor it? But just to make sure we're on the same page of who Mm -hmm. does what is very helpful. Another good question to ask or to have a conversation with is, is our retirement plans on track? Mm. Do we know what we should be saving, where it's going, and are we doing what we need to do today in order to make sure that the things that we want in the future are on track or what adjustments do we need to make to make sure that they're on track? Yeah, absolutely. Another one that we tend to find is uh, risk tolerance. You know, usually you have a saver, you have a spender. One of the two is more aggressive than the other. Just making sure that we're on the same page as far as investments and how much risk we're willing to take and how much fluctuation we're comfortable with, just to make sure we're more of a united front in the decisions that we're making with money and planning for the future.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
3: You know, it's funny. I was having a discussion with my wife the other day, and Jeff had pointed out who does what. We were, you know, sometimes I want to take the responsibility away from her, you know, to make her life easier, and we've been blessed, and mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm taking meaning away, and I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. So you know, yep. they want to be responsible for some things, and and I think responsibility is is a, is a big deal, and we have a tendency, even with our kids. I know I moved on with the kids, but, you know, the responsibility that, that we all need to have meaning in life. And I think it's so important to have that responsibility, no matter where we're at.
1: Well, Jose, you brought up kids and that's something else that our, my wife and I had trouble deciding on, you know, what happens if something happens to us, right? We've got, when we had younger kids, we had to make a decision, you know, who's going to take care of them if both of us leave at the same time, you know, hit by the bus scenario or whatever. Uh, So I think that's a, that's a huge conversation
2: to have as well. Very, very important. Not just who takes care of them, but who takes care of the money.
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, you want to ruin someone's life, you give them a half a million dollars when they turn 18 and see what happens.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) I would have been stupid with it. I
2: can guarantee No, for sure. I mean, maybe 25, maybe 35.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right. So now now we've been talking about kids a little bit. What conversations should we be having with the kids?
3: You know, years ago when my daughter was nine years old, we would... Put the phones up and we always, we made a deal that we would walk the neighborhood once a week. Mm. And it's amazing when you start to walk uh, with your daughter, the first 50 yards is, everybody's quiet. Mm -hmm. And then as you're walking, you know, well, how how was your day? And then they start to talk and, and we used to play games like, Hey, do what you fear most and you control fear. What does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. And then she would tell me as a nine-year-old and she would tell me as a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old. and. And to be understood, you must always seek to understand. And then she would tell me those. And then there was a day that I didn't realize how important that was until I had to go out of town for about a week. And my daughter stayed with my brother Jeff. And Jeff asked her, he said, what was your favorite thing to do with your dad? And she said, my walks. Boy, awesome. it teared me up. It, yeah, tears, it took, tears me wow. up now. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty a pretty amazing thing. But I think good communication with your kids and really hearing them out. We get so busy that we're we're going 100 miles an hour that we don't really stop and just pay attention and just be there. And uh, if I can emphasize that, with people talking to their kids, you'll have a better relationship. There's no doubt about it.
1: All right, Uncle Jeff. That was uh, – <laughs> I bet you guys had a pretty good walk as well. What other conversations do you suggest we have with kids?
2: You know, we're, it's it's funny that these kids are really just society these days. Uh, everything is now. Mm-hmm. With technology and with movies, with songs, with anything you want to know with the Internet, uh, you, can, you can get it now. Yeah. If you want to saw, hear a song, I can have it playing in about 30 seconds. If you want to mm-hmm. watch a movie, I can have it up on my phone less than a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're such a now – society. So I think the the other things we need to kind of have is, hey, do we need it or do we want it? Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between the two. We feel like we need everything, but it's more of a want. So those conversations are important. I think number two, which is uh, you see it a lot with the savings rates, how much debt we all carry, but a good conversation around credit, credit cards, credit we we like the idea of teaching our kids at a young age. Maybe get them a credit card, maybe put a hundred dollar limit on it, five hundred dollar limit. Get them used to seeing what that looks like. How you got to pay it off every month. How you got to budget mm-hmm. out what you spend. But just understanding that, you know, in this world, I mean, credit's everything. Yeah. Uh, whether you are want to buy a house or a car, your credit score is so important. And really, it's just the the promise that you're willing to pay back or the ability to pay back and fulfill a promise is what it is. So conversations around credit, spending, budgeting, very, very important. couple of couple of things I want to
3: add to that real quick is I don't go back to my daughter, but I'll never forget the day I was at Disney World. And as we were walking through, I said, you know what, we're going to be here and uh, you've got $50 to spend on whatever you want to spend on. And boy, I watched her go through those stores and she started pricing things out. She's only nine, 10 years old. And then she realized what she didn't want, what she needed. And she started to look at how money and prices were and stuff. It was a neat, neat experience. I mm. uh, just want to piggyback on that. And then the second thing, what Jeff was talking about, about credit and so forth, you know, there's a great game called Cash Flow by Robert Kiyosaki. And it's a great game about life, and and it gets into stocks, bonds, balance sheets, net worth statements, and it really is a great game of life. And here you are having fun, but they're learning about life at the same time and the challenges that we all have, whether you get a divorce or taxes and and those things. And then, But anyway, it's a great teaching game, so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to add to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Any other conversations we need to be having with kids?
2: College is a big one. What does it look like? How are we going to pay for it? But kids understanding the difference between junior college, community college, a private college, universities, mm-hmm. uh, what the costs are, what living expenses are, what food is, and putting it on paper and understanding, hey, if we do this, this is going to cost 15000 a year. If we do this, it's going to be 25000 a year. But just getting them involved yeah, because college is such a tough environment, especially if you got a very broad degree you know, and, and what you're trying to, to do with your life. I think that the, the, the most important thing is the more we can just get them involved in those financial decisions and what life looks like and how much things cost and how bills work and are just those things that real life experiences teach them much more than anything they could read in a book or sit in a class.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I agree hundred uh, percent. I think most people listening to this podcast right now are probably in the sandwich generation as it's been termed, I think, you know, and we, we've got kids, maybe we even have grandkids and parents. Uh, so we're right in the middle of things. So what about conversation with parents? Because that, that's a tough one right now, I think.
2: Yeah, you know, it's never too early to, to bring some of these issues up, especially with parents. We always tell clients that sometimes the best financial planning we can do for you is for you to get involved in your parents' life and their Mm -hmm. finances. Because there are important questions that we need to ask. Do they have enough to retire comfortably? Mm -hmm. Have they thought about long-term care insurance and what the family, what are we going to do in the event we need to address some sort of assisted living, nursing home, whatever the situation may be? As well as, you know, hey, if something were to happen to you or we did have an emergency, who do you want to help manage the finances? So do you have a will? Do you have power of attorneys? Because there's nothing worse than something happened to mom or dad and all of our ducks aren't in a row and we're stuck and can't make the decisions that we need to make in order to either protect assets, take care of our parents or just take care of the business type affairs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And I would yeah. add, you know, the.
2: One of the most important thing is, you know, being really organized
3: because you got stuff all over the place. And and I would say 95% of the people are not totally organized in all areas of planning. So, you know, you got to me four major questions. Number one, the money issues. You should talk about that. Mm -hmm. Number two, the health issues. Number three, the facility issues. And number four, your home. And I think those discussions need to be made and really clear with the whole family. And if you could do it on Thanksgiving or when the whole family is in and everybody could talk about those issues, I think that when, when something happens, then everybody's prepared and, and no one's
1: assuming anything. Yeah. When you say facility issues, what do you mean by that? Expand on that for me.
3: Well, there's a lot of people, you know, no way they're going to go to a nursing home and they want to. They don't mind going to an assisted living facility. But, but you know, what are their fears and concerns about that? And then you can discuss those and maybe do some research about that so you can eliminate some of the fears. There's some great facilities out there. You just need to know what's in their head. I mean, you know, the older we all get, we've never been at the age we're at. So we're asking questions, you know, what's mm-hmm. next? And uh, I think all of us go through that. And I think it's just a discussion that has to be made and not assumed that people have you know, things taken care of. I mean, you look at John Denver, you look at Michael Jackson, you got these guys without a will, you would assume that they had all these things in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you hear these stories about those type of people you would think, but but most people just don't call timeout. 70% of the public don't have a, don't even have a will. And, you know, so people have maybe one part of planning done, but it's not all tied together and, and not communicated. I think you, even if you have it all tied together and we find that one, one uh, husband, between husband and wife, the, the man's been taking care of all the money and the woman has not. And if the man dies, well, what happens? Well, the lady's in the twilight zone. So that's the way I like, you know, it's, 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 you have relationships, have those discussions and connect all the dots. I think gives everybody the
1: peace of mind. So let me ask you this. If, if your parents have a financial advisor that they use, is it appropriate to ask to go to a meeting with them to just discuss things and so that you can be on the same page? I know that you're not going to invite the entire family into that meeting, but is it appropriate to do that?
2: Well, you know, I mean, I think, I think the question should be asked, Hey, mom, dad, Hey, do you think it'd be a good idea or would make sense for everyone to get together? That we do have a meeting with the financial advisor, the CPA, the attorney, with whoever you want responsible for taking care of affairs, to kind of just sit down and just make sure everybody's on the same page? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Do you think that would be important? So I think the question is, you're right. It's a, it's a question to ask mom or dad or grandmother, grandfather, and you know see how they feel about it. And
3: if you'll notice two things that Jeff just did, which is very important, he said, how do they feel about it? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it? That's a big, big question to use because they'll tell you how they feel. And I think that that's the way to frame the question because people will tell you how they feel and you'll just sit back and listen and people will start to articulate what is important to them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, Jose, you you mentioned it earlier, and I think you termed it very, very well, is that each person has their own thoughts, opinions, ideas, feelings, emotions, because so many times we think of our parents as our parents, like they're one person, and they're not. For instance, my dad likes to just try to give me stuff, and I'll tell him, look, Pop, I, I don't have room for it, or that's not something that... I'm not going to be able to do anything with that. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. You know, so he gives it away to somebody else or he throws it out, right? Where with my mom, if she's giving me something, I have to be very careful about declining, right? Because she thinks of it as a gift and, oh, he's going to totally want this. And I just don't have room for it. All of a sudden I've offended her and I've hurt her feelings. So I've got to be very careful because each of them want to give us stuff, but they want to give it to us for different reasons and different ways and have different emotional attachments to the things that they want to give up.
3: And, you know, I want to add one thing is it you wish your kids had the same worldview as you did as mm-hmm. you were growing up. But we do work hard to make our kids' lives easier. But they'll never understand the worldview that we see. So the reason why I bring that up is everybody sees the world differently. True. Yeah. And everybody's right from their perspective. And if we really listen, it's amazing what we can learn from each other. And I think good communication is, you know, they're, they're, sharing with you based on their life experiences. So we can't say that something should be, which is narrow thinking, what could be, you're open to the possibilities. So I I say that because we're one of 8 billion people in the world Mm -hmm. and we just got to hear each other out. And it's so important to keep families together. And the number one thing is
1: good communication. Well, Jose, I think those are great closing thoughts from you uh, as we wrap up this podcast. Jeff, do you have any closing thoughts for today?
2: No, I just say, you know, to the parents out there, you know, the they, those conversations go both ways. I know kids to parents, but also parents down to kids mm-hmm. and thinking through, hey, if something did happen to me, what do I want from a spouse? What do I want from my kids? What do I want from my grandkids? Do I want things protected? Do I want things spread out over a period of time? Do I want things to stay in the bloodline? But those are just kind of very important things that, you know, we do need to take into consideration because, you know, those are things that we do need to take into consideration because they're important and they impact more than just us.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I know that, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, this is a two-part podcast. This was really concentrating on conversations with family. The next one, we're going to be talking about conversations to have within a business and also with your family about the business. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that all of our listeners are as well. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. This is a great podcast. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose.
0: Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.